0: Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in and spending your time with us. Welcome to our brand new podcast series, Crave Arts Presents The Future of Film, featuring intimate interviews with the best student filmmakers from around the world. My name is Tom Oliva, and I am the co-founder and executive director of Crave Arts and the All-American High School Film Festival the premier destination for emerging student filmmakers from all over the world. Today, I am joined by festival alumni from 2016, Christina Zing, to dig deep into what drives this emerging film talent. Christina is a writer and director of immense talent. Her 2016 submission, Goldfish, made an irresistible impression on our judges, taking home the award for best drama. Her refreshingly unique coming-of-age story provides a rich study of character and conflict as it explores an unlikely and challenging romance and its power to overcome trauma. But this film was clearly just the beginning. Christina continues to create boundless stories rich in diversity and surprises, all punctuated with an unmistakable style and vision. So welcome, Christina. You are a busy young woman. Let's uh, kick things off with where you are right now and what film or media projects you're currently working on.
1: First of all, I want to say that that introduction, like, can you just like follow me everywhere and say that, like, wow. <laughs> uh,
0: I get that, that a lot. So that, that's my gift. I, I might not be the filmmaker that you are, but I, I'm pretty good at an introduction.
1: That was that was phenomenal. I I was like, are you talking about me? Are we talking about the same person here? Like, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah. Um. So what am I up to right now? Right? Yeah,
0: where are you? Where like where are you physically right now? Where do you live? What are you working on?
1: Okay, so I'm in Los Angeles right now as we were speaking, but I literally just got back from Sundance. So like my voice, I've kind of like lost my voice a little bit. Um, and I'm currently working on like a lot of commercials, music videos, and I'm working on two narratives in post-production and writing my first feature.
0: Wow. So I guess my introduction was accurate. You are a busy young woman. Um, I definitely want to talk about these projects you're working on, but tell me a little bit about Sundance. Were you just there as a fan? Were you there like supporting something that you made? What was that all about?
1: Um, I went with my best friends because I just turned 21, and it was kind of like a gift to myself in many ways. Um, and also, like my best friends are so crazy; they literally like pressured me to like buy the gift package on the spot. And it was the best experience of my life. I met so many incredible talented filmmakers. I saw so many amazing films. Um, I learned so much about people and things and it just gave a lot of like, it restored a lot of faith I had in the film industry and like what is being currently made and said. Um, So yeah, it was a really exciting trip. And I, I have a few friends who have like shorts and films in the festival. So it was really cool to also support them in that endeavor.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Um, When you say it was the best experience ever, you mean like after the All-American High School Film Festival?
1: Oh, yeah, of course. I thought that was a given. Right, 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 okay.
0: Um, Well, I love hearing that you um, had your faith in the industry restored, and I think this industry can be complicated in that way, and I think that is certainly one of the things that festivals can do and should do and and I hope will continue to do is to give you – that experience of being around your peers in the industry and, and restore what you, why you do this, um, and what you love about it. Um, if what was one of the, if you were to recommend maybe a film or two that you saw, uh, what would that be?
1: The film, um, actually Minari, which won us dramatic, uh, best film overall. And also one audience favorite. Um, oh my goodness. That film had me, Balling in my seat at the end, I would like cried after, like, for an hour just because it's so accurate to like the immigrant experience and like what my parents went through and like what I go through. And culturally, it's very accurate. Um, it's it's a very unique and beautiful, honest picture. And I think that when it go, comes out in theaters, like, everybody needs to go watch it. It's it's, it's a must see,
0: yeah. It's certainly on my list, and and I guess, um, just further proof that Asian filmmakers are having a moment.
1: Right,
0: for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I would love to, um, I hope that we can talk a little bit about how your um, culture impacts the, the work that you create. Um, so Sundance was amazing. Uh, I'm super jealous. I still have yet to, to make it out there. It's certainly going to happen at some point. Um, so you're in L.A. Are you in school or are you just working independently?
1: I'm in school right now, currently, but I'm going to graduate a year early. So I'm graduating next semester, actually.
0: Of course. Um, of course you are, Christina. Of course you're graduating early. Um, <laughs> what school do you attend?
1: I go to Art Center College of Design in Pasadena.
0: Okay. Um, Art Center, um, not the first school that comes to mind when I think of film school in LA. Why there? Um, and what has your experience there been like?
1: Because um, honestly, I. Had an interest in making commercials and music videos. Like after I graduated high school, um, I was always very interested in that, and I didn't want to go to like a normal film school where I was being taught kind of uh, context. I went to Interlock in high school, and I studied film there for boarding school or whatever, and um, I didn't want to repeat the same thing that I had for two years. So I chose Art Center because it it's home of like you know the greatest commercial directors uh, Zack Snyder, Michael Bay, not that I want to make movies like them, but you know, they've, they've had pretty successful commercial careers. And so I chose that school. And so far my experience, it's been interesting because I definitely learned a lot, like how to make treatments, how to pitch, how to sell my work and how to, I would not be prepared to be a commercial director if it wasn't for my experience in school. But at the same time, what I've struggled with is, um, a lot of my classmates aren't as radical in their beliefs about diversity and equality as I am, and I and I think that like that's it's kind of hindering because I feel like I have to go outside of my school to really express my thoughts about that, and I, I have like a lot of conflict with my professors about my beliefs in regards to the industry and diversity and
0: things that need to happen. So, wow, that's yeah. uh, that's surprising to hear. I would think uh, particularly being in Los Angeles that that wouldn't be an obstacle that you run into. Um, so I, I guess it's a good thing that one of the <clears throat> aspects of your craft that I've really noticed is how much you emphasize diversity. Um, and, and it's not just human, there's even diversity with blow up dolls at times. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. a story for, for another day and another audience. Um, so it's, it's <laughs> it sounds like your decision to, to attend uh film school and particularly the, the school that you are attending, um, was a practical decision, really focused on the career path that you wanted for yourself.
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent.
0: Um, we get the question probably more often than any other question. Should I go to film school? Um, what is the Great question yeah, and and, and look, it's it, this is a creative field, and creative fields don't have the same rules as some others. Um, what would your answer be to that question if if you could speak to you know your younger self because really, right now you're speaking to thousands of your younger selves wow,
1: that's a that's a really good question. Um, I would tell my younger self and any of you who are wondering the same thing who want to end up in the past, whether it be commercials, music videos, narratives, whatever it is, like, I truly believe, like, you don't need film school if you are driven, and you set your own deadlines, and you do your own research in terms of, like, what festivals are topical, what films are topical, like, you read things like Deadline, and The Hollywood Reporter, like, or you you are able to self-research and figure out your own, like, resources, but for a lot of people I know like that's also really difficult and that's also a privilege because they have to like work to survive and you know like work a few jobs and the school is like the only way they can stay in the country like I think the situation is very unique but if you're a person who is self-driven and ambitious like you don't don't feel insecure about not going to film school a lot of my friends they're very successful like freelancing and they haven't gone to film school and they've almost learned they've learned way more than I have because they've been able to work and Experience to meet different kinds of people, so I would say there's no shame in going to film school. I, I definitely needed it. I needed that extra gleam and that extra uh, shine in my work, and the ability to kind of talk to people that I wouldn't have learned if I didn't go to film school. So awesome. Does that make any sense?
0: No, it makes it. It actually makes a lot of sense, and I think you covered sort of all of the bases there. Um, it, it's it's a certain kind of person that doesn't need it. I think a lot of people do, and I think. Sort of having that structure um, is important in a lot of ways, and and I'm glad that it, it's working out. Certainly, in 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 many ways for you. Although there there clearly have been frustrations, which which I can imagine are are difficult. But but perhaps maybe that's part of the learning process for you too, and it's really informing your your work that you're putting out there. Um, you, you mentioned all of these different projects that you're working on, which is crazy. And I've been waiting for this old dog. That's the title, right? This old dog. Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) I've been waiting for that to come out forever.
0: And your, the trailer looks amazing. Um, Can you just talk a little bit about um, any of those projects that you're working on and, and sort of why you've decided to pursue those projects? Wow, that's,
1: I mean, that's so nice of you to, you know, even look forward to something that I make. That's crazy. Thank you. I'm really grateful for that. Um, yeah, this little dog, it's actually, it's like an installment, um, sorry. It's like an installment series. I believe like of my mom, my dad, and then the feature I'm writing is like my mom, my dad, my whole entire family. So this little dog is about my dad. And, um, I, I made this film because I didn't really know my father very well growing up. And I wanted to really understand his perspective. And I wanted to emphasize like what's why he left my family or like why I didn't have a father present in my life. Cause that was something I was very bitter about growing up. And after making that film, which is, you know, it's about my father. The context is it's about, um, a young boy. He basically, Finds out that his father works as a delivery takeout man next door. So he becomes obsessed with ordering takeout <laughs> to, to have this like small interaction with his father daily. But that every makes sense.
0: Now I understand why in the trailer you have all of the food in the refrigerator. It makes perfect sense. What a great detail. Okay. Yes. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead.
1: No worries. No worries at all. Um, so he orders it every day to have like a small chance to talk with his dad without obviously revealing his identity. And finally like his roommate's like yo you got to stop this like you need to you need to have a conversation with him as yourself and you need to tell him how you're really feeling and so andrew who's the main character finally makes up like the courage to go do it and the film that follows is like kind of what happens after he talks to his dad and the interaction that happens and whether they will re- reconnect or reconvene or forgive each other for what happened and I think that was, like, it's very accurate to, like, my actual experience with my father. And then the, the short about my mother is uh, Have You Eaten Yet?, which I just finished. Um, it's kind of about how, and I believe that everybody can relate to this, um, whether, you know, you're Chinese or not, where you call your parents and you're, you're far away and you're working a job and you're trying to make things work. But you have to sound like you're fine on the phone and your mother's doing the same thing. She has to sound like she doesn't miss you and she's fine. And there's kind of a heartbreaking conversation that happens because on both sides, you're lying to each other about how you really feel, but you don't want to bother the other person by telling them how you really feel. So in the end, you guys both kind of end up feeling kind of lonely and sad. And that's the short. Um,
0: I think, yeah. yeah, I think you just described probably more than half of the conversations I've ever had with both of my parents. Um, that is phenomenal. And and I almost, I can almost picture how you're going to share that narrative. I, I I would imagine you're using the elements of film and the opportunity to transport time and space and kind of showing what the characters are feeling while they're having the conversation. Is it that kind of vibe?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. That that sounds terrific. Uh, love the title as well. Um, I I really look forward to seeing both of those projects. Um, why such an intense focus on your family?
1: It's, it's funny. Um, in film school, I watched Cassavetes, I watched Fellini, I watched Bergman, I watched all these incredible directors. And I always told myself, I was like, I don't, you know, I don't want to make movies like Ozu. Also, I watched Ozu, Context, Um, because even though his films were the ones that spoke the most to me, that they made me cry, they made me think about my family, I pushed them away because they made me feel too many things, and it was like a lot. It was a lot to process. So as a result, I was like, I'm a filmmaker like Fellini. Like, I want to make musicals. And so I made a musical, but even after making that, it, it wasn't honest to, I guess, like my real thoughts and feelings of the things that really plagued me in my everyday life. And then I revisited Ozu and I realized like ever since the beginning, when I first watched his movies, like, this is what I care about. I care about my family. I care about my friends, people that I love. I care about small deaths that happen every single day in your life and things that change. And I'm terrified of that. And that's why I realized like, shit, I mean, sorry. (laughs) That's why I realized like, that's what I want to make.
0: I, uh, I'm glad that you do. I, that's the kind of films that I gravitate towards as well. You know, deeply personal, um, intimate, uh, micro macro type concepts where the little moments are are really revealing of of much larger truths that we all face. Um, I, I'm, I'm super excited to see these films now. Um, I have to ask, do you have a relationship with your father now?
1: That's a good question. And I'm. I'm also really glad that you feel the same way about those movies, and I'm glad you don't see them as boring. Or you know, that's like really cool. Um,
0: I think action I, movies are problem. boring. If if someone was to ask me, I'd be like, I I, I think like giant big bug action movies are kind of boring. They they they're all the same. These other ones, you know, every human experience is is unique, and that's what I want to watch. But anyway, I'm sorry that I, I'm like this is your big moment to talk about your dad here. No,
1: no, I mean. I totally agree with that. I I feel exactly the same way about that. Like I can never make an action film. Um, About my dad, yes. Actually, I think after I had that conversation with him, our relationship has gotten a little better. Um, I do see him whenever I get a chance to in New York and um, we talk to each other on holidays and stuff, but it's not, it's still like, I don't feel like a very close relationship, but it's a relationship and I'm grateful for that.
0: Well, I'm happy that at least you have something there. And and who knows, maybe the uh, power of the film will help bring you even closer to him. Um, transitioning from the heavy, the weight of that um, to something quite different. Um, I noticed on your website that a, a large portion of your work is this commercial work and commercial success that you've already had. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, how you connected with some of those projects and and what you've worked on?
1: Yeah. Um, so basically, I never expected to get signed really early on. I wasn't actually looking for that. But I made this movie called How the Moon Fell from the Sky, and no one even noticed. And we kind of it kind of went a little bit crazy online on Twitter. And I don't know like I was reached out to by uh, a couple of agencies, and then I, I talked to adolescent content the most, and they were the ones who seemed like they really really wanted me. So I went with adolescent on that one and I signed with them and next thing I know, like they're telling me to make spec commercials and you know, all this stuff that I never thought I'd do so soon in my life. So I just like what I did was because I don't have money to go out and shoot specs was I shot a bunch of uh, music videos because those already have budgets. And then I take the music video footage after, and then I cut a spec commercial out of it and put it on my reel. And through those things, I was able to get a Crayola commercial and a Clear Blue commercial. And then I pitched for things with Google and Gatorade and et cetera. And yeah, it's kind of been the craziest ride ever, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah it sounds like it. That, first of all, that's crazy. How challenging is it to take a music video and to turn it into a spec? You, are you kind of it, thinking it, about it as you're developing the concept?
1: When I first started doing music videos, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about making specs. I just like, I needed the footage. And then towards like the second half of my music video stunts, I started doing two different shot lists, one for the music video, one for the specs and that became really successful.
0: That's uh that's really smart. And I guess that's why you're signed at such a young age, um, for, <laughs> <laughs> for our audience, um, Can you, what does that even, you you don't have to get into like details and stuff, but you're getting paid. Like, what does it mean to be signed? What, what would they, what would they expect from that?
1: Um, that's also a good question. So I phrased it horribly. So thank
0: you for saying that because that did not come out well. (laughs) Um, But yes, what does it, what does it mean to be signed?
1: So being signed is like, uh, basically an agency, a, a commercial agency, uh, sorry, let me restart that. Being signed is having an agency reach out to you and they want to basically um, be the person that's like the in-between man to find you jobs for whether you're being signed for music videos, commercials or both or, you know, for narrative, whatever it is. They're kind of the people that are like, yo, like I want to exclusively find you work in, you know, the USA or all over whatever. And if you agree to that, you basically pay them like a certain rate off like whatever you get on the job. Um, and I, it's, um, I don't know if I'm explaining this well at all, but basically like anyone who's ever wanted to do commercials, they always ask me, how do I get commercial work? Like, do I, I, I can't hit up Nike and be like, yo, I want to direct your next commercial. And the answer is get a representative, uh, get a representative and get signed because these people have the contacts to get put you in touch with these people and shop your work around. And it benefits them too. So I guess that's, I don't know if I answered that well at all. No,
0: I think actually that's a really good explanation. You need the agency, the agency needs you, and they basically match your style um, with brands that are looking for someone who can capture their message in that style. I mean, I I, I think it's awesome. And it, 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 it's such a clear, obvious path for you because you have such a distinct style. Um, even when... That the topics and genres of your films are drastically different. I still feel like if you showed me something and said, "Is this or is this not Christina Zing?" I would be able to say whether or not it was. And I think that's, that's so kind- nice. Wow. <laughs> well, that's the kind of thing a brand is looking for, right? They want a clear identity, and you're someone that can deliver that for them. Um, so I think you, I think you actually explained that really well, and I appreciate it because I think that's really useful information. Um, for any filmmaker, any emerging filmmaker, whether or not they they destined to be a commercial um, artist or not, I think everybody's got to pay the bills. So it's kind of nice to know how that system works um, and that it is possible at your age um, to already have attained that kind of um, access to opportunities.
1: Absolutely. And like people... From afar, I remember when I first like was doing commercials. I was kind of like I had this idea that it was like very stuffy, and uh, I wouldn't I'd have my creativity stifled and all this shit. I mean, I gotta stop. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I I had this idea that during the commercial agency would like have my creativity like taken away and it'd be really difficult. But um, actually, I found it's been quite the opposite. Like you get to direct and you get paid to direct a good a good rate. And you learn so much on those jobs because making a commercial in many ways is harder than making a narrative. Like narrative is very personal and it's very hard in that department. And also you don't have much money, but a commercial, it's like you have to tell a story in 30 seconds. You have to please all these people and you deal with so many different kinds of personalities on set. And you're kind of like the pacemaker and the, the leader and you have to bring everybody together. And so with those skills, you learn how to become a better director in any media, whether it be music video or, you know,
0: narrative. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent advice for any emerging filmmaker right there. Um, I'm going to shift gears again, um, kind of, I guess, a little bit drastically here and just ask a, a very simple question with probably a complicated answer. Why do you, why do you do this? Why do you make movies? Why does a, uh, a Chinese, Girl from Alabama, end up at an art school in Michigan, and then LA. What is it about this that drives you?
1: I think for me, it was never really a choice because um, through all the things that I've experienced in my life, the the thorough line has been film. Like when things are really hard in Alabama, like I would turn to watching movies growing up, and that gave me a sense of escape uh, escapism and. You know, when I started thinking, like, oh, man, like, this is a real viable career path, like, nothing else was present. I was kind of the kid that, like, didn't, I was not good at school. Like, I broke all the rules. Like, I was not a good kid. And for me, film just always made sense. Like, it was a, you know, anyone could join the film industry. That's the coolest thing. Like, you could have gone to jail for two years and you could still join the film industry. Like, it has no, there's no judgment in that which is the coolest. It, it feels like a circus. And I think that for anyone, if, if it's a choice to do film, like I don't think you should do it then because it's such a difficult industry and you're constantly told you're not good enough. You're constantly comparing yourself to yourself and saying, I'm not doing enough. But it's so rewarding in the end knowing that you're making a small impact in someone's life if you make a film that's honest and they relate and that one person can see you for who you are. And so to answer your question, like, long story short, I do it because I don't have any other choice. Like, this is what I want to dedicate my life to. If I don't if I don't do it. I don't know what else I'm going to do.
0: It's a part of you, just like your blood, bones and skin. Exactly. Awesome. Um, who you mentioned sort of uh, filmmakers who you've studied at school who, what are your other influences? Um, I'm, I'm particularly curious about like your style and what influences that, what, what I see on screen, um, what are the influences that kind of help bring all of that together for you? And obviously I know so much of it is just you being projected, but, um, what other influences, if someone's curious to sort of peel back the curtain on everything that you put on the screen, what would be some things that they would need to
1: watch? Um, I think a lot of my work is really, really influenced by Ozu, like majorly. Um, the two directors I really, really look at in terms of like studying, like how how to direct and like how they direct, are Cassavetes and Ozu. Um, Cassavetes for his work with actors and his empathy for actors and showing difficult situations in very unconventional ways, and then Ozu gives a very clear-cut, distinct style, but his stories are so well done. Like he knows how to make a, a film about something so simple, like a daughter that doesn't want to leave her father and move on with her life because she loves her father and she's happy, but because of society, like she has to. Stories like that I love. Uh, that's a very good question.
0: <laughs> no, that's, that's a, and that's a great answer. Um, so you came through the All-American High School Film Festival back in 2016. Um, you, you sort of came out of nowhere. Um, for me, uh, you know, typically I'll get a submission from someone when they're a freshman or sophomore, and then maybe by the time they're a junior or senior, I, I see this like amazing film come through and I, I get a sense of that development. Um, I believe that that Goldfish, was that the only film you ever submitted to us?
1: Actually no, but I'm not going to tell you
0: about the other one. <laughs> so fair enough. It, I've, clearly, it was uh, it was memorable for me. Well, listen, I've I've seen like twenty thousand student films in the last couple of years. So, um, so why did you make Goldfish? Um, just to reference why I'm asking this question. We like to put a link in with the podcast so that, um, you know, classrooms can check out your work and then listen to the podcast or vice versa. And obviously I'd like to put one in there for goldfish. So I want to make sure we talk about that film a little bit. Uh, Where did that story come from and why was it a story you wanted to tell?
1: That, that film was actually dedicated to my best friend who shot it. His name is Shane Bagwell. Um, At the time I, it was like my first, I guess, like a real budgeted short film. I mean, it was $2,000, but it was like, you know, a big deal for me at the time. And I made that story because I had never really experienced what it was like to have, you know, a real best friend who kind of helps you through your fears and and things like that. And I wanted to do something that was an ode to how I felt during that time, like my junior year of high school. So I wrote the film and actually it's true. I actually can't swim. And I did work goggles growing up and I was like terrified of like the ocean because I had like a horrible almost drowning incident like those things are all real unfortunately (laughs) so yeah
0: well that that seems to be a hallmark of uh your writing um that that these experiences that you share on screen in whatever sort of elevated sense that that may end up being um they all come from a very real place um and, and I'm not surprised to hear you say that that you are that girl with the goggles, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, so you made that film when you were in high school. Um, you submitted it. You, you took a chance and put it out there to the world. Were, were you worried about how people were going to receive, um, for lack of a better word, such a quirky story? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Like, three thousand percent. Like, I, after
1: I finished that movie, I was like no one's gonna like this like this is trash like no one will watch this and then to my surprise like you know all american really loved it and like it was it was crazy i think that affirmed for me that gave me the confidence as a filmmaker like wow like i i might be actually like kind of good at this like maybe i can actually do this you know
0: well, that was going to be my next question. I think you kind of answered it already, but I, I guess I'll, I'll ask it again. What did the the recognition at All American um, and, and just that experience in general, um, what did that mean to you?
1: It meant getting to go to a festival with tons, like thousands of people who were just like me, who dreamed of like having a place in the industry and making movies and watching things like that were personal and that mattered to different kinds of people. And I was exposed to like so many different filmmakers that I'm still friends with today, which is crazy. And I became friends with like a lot of cool filmmakers through the network. And I think the biggest thing too is like, you know, especially being an Asian female filmmaker, like you, you don't, you aren't told often that there is room for you at the table or that you have space to do things. And winning that award validated for me like, yes, I have a place at this table. I have a place in this industry, and I have things to say. And so that was kind of the beginning of like the confidence I needed to pursue my dreams.
0: Well, that is absolutely awesome to hear. Uh, truly means a lot. Uh, I'm 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 really glad that we could provide you with that boost that you needed to continue. It sounds like you wouldn't have had a choice about continuing anyway. But uh, it never hurts to to know that your work is being appreciated and celebrated um and uh you you definitely have a seat at our table uh whenever you would like to uh sit down and join us um and we don't care if you've eaten yet or not we will uh we'll sit down with you anytime um i i need to ask um you know what again speaking to your younger self um what advice do you have for the, the young filmmakers who are listening to this you know in their classroom or, or in their car or wherever um, what do you wish you knew then that you know now?
1: Mm. I think back then um, it's really easy to compare yourself to other people and to feel like you know you have to you know, to treat your goal as a filmmaker like, on a checklist. Like, I have to write a feature by, like, 18, and I have to do blah, blah, blah. I have to win this award at so-and-so. And it's it's kind of toxic, I think, to view, you know, your achievements and what you wish to achieve in that way. I think it's much better to just make stuff that matters to you. Like, I know it sounds like, oh, my gosh, like, that's a godsend. But really, like, if you feel like there is something that makes you cry, that makes you feel something that you're scared of, Make a story about that. That's the thing that you want to talk about, not the thing that you think that people will like. Will you'll win like awards for like that's, that never works. Like, be true to yourself. You have a lot to say. And also, the the second thing I'll say is like, do not be scared to fight back. If you if you think that someone is wrong in what they're saying, whether it be even a, a professor or someone, like, do not be scared to challenge someone's opinion. You do not need someone's permission
0: to challenge some of the opinion. You have thoughts and you have things to say. <clears throat> well
1: said.
0: Um, so I guess just wrapping up here, uh, th- this has been an, a wonderful conversation. I feel like I could, uh, The time's flying and we're trying to keep these episodes a certain length. And I'm like, I just want to keep talking. Um, so I hope we can do this again. And I, I'm certainly happy t- that we are able to keep in touch. Um, and, and I just see so many wonderful things in your future artistically. Um, what's next for Christina?
1: Once again, super nice. And same here, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I guess like what's next is I'm writing this feature that I'm really excited for and I'm hoping to <clears throat> Start shopping around soon. And I'm finishing up two shorts and, you know, just making commercials and music videos as I go. Uh,
0: And where can people find these shorts um, once they're finished?
1: The shorts will be first sent through the festival circuit. But after that, I'm going to post them on my Vimeo, my YouTube page. So you guys can follow me on Instagram at just my name. And it's Christina, spelled, you know, Christ, I N A, and then X I N G.
0: Awesome and uh, real quick, just to I, I have to know what is the what's the pitch line for the feature film?
1: The feature film is about my experiences growing up in suburban New Jersey and the point before I moved to uh, Alabama with my mother, and there was a really hard period when my mother was like working, you know, tirelessly to kind of like support our family because my father wasn't there anymore. So she had to get my grandparents and my aunt and my cousins to, like come. Hum- the U.S. to kind of like, you know, help us out and basically raise me. And the future is about the experiences of like what it's like to kind of grow up having grandparents as like your, your parents, like, you know, taking you to school and things like that. And what I've learned through that.
0: I cannot wait to see that. Um, what, where did you grow up in suburban New Jersey?
1: Uh, a place called Branchburg.
0: I grew up in suburban New Jersey as well in a place called Medford. So I wonder how far apart we were at a time. Um,
1: very, That's crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a Jersey boy, but like the good Jersey, if there is such a thing.
1: Yeah. Like the Jersey with the cows and, you know, the grass and all that stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So you get it. Um, well, I very much look forward to seeing that project when it's complete. I wish you the best with that. Um, And I thank you for a a wonderful conversation. Um, And I'm in your corner. You have a seat at our table and I cannot wait to see what comes next. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And thank you, Christina, for an insightful glimpse into your experiences and motivations as a storyteller. I encourage all of you to check out Christina's work. There will be links in our description and remind you that this is just one of many in-depth conversations with the future of film. Please go to hsfilmfest.com for more information on the All-American High School Film Festival, and please subscribe and share across all platforms to support our important community of artists. See you next time.